this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. Uh, I'm the child who lived in your house but isn't your child. I'm Evan. I'm a burning pile of Pirates of Penzance costumes, and I'm Ronnie. I think you mean you're um, a tragedy and several broken laws, Ronnie. Is yeah. What, like... But before we get into that, if you can tell from our slick opening, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss... Television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering NBC's? Yes. Rise, uh, which is about Ted Mosby as a theater professor. (laughs) But before we get into that, I have an announcement. (gasps) What's the announcement, Andy? A cooked goose for everyone. It's Christmas time. (gasps) It's Christmas. A cooked goose. (laughs) Why? It's December 24th, sir. It's Christmas time! Everyone get a cooked goose, stand around the Candlenight's tree. It's time to tell tales of Candlenight's past. Do you you have any figgy pudding? Uh, we got... I'm gonna be honest with you, Ronnie. I do not know what that is. Well, I was about to say we got shit tons of figgy pudding, so one of us is telling the truth and one of us is a liar. (laughs) One of them will always lie and one of them will always tell the truth. I think which you know. Pudding? I think you know which is which, Ronnie. Let's not let's not play around here. I think you know which is which. All I know. Lies. All and, I know is that one of you has figgy pudding, and I'm not going anywhere till I get some. Oh, well, you are very far away. Yeah. Well, well, well I'm going to stay right here until <laughs> I can find me some figgy pudding, and I'm just going to keep singing about it. It cracks me up that evangelicals have started singing "Now We Don Our Flannel Apparel" instead of "Now We Don Our Gay Apparel." That's just, come on. You're, that's supposed to be traditionalists. That's delightfully ironic, though, because... Gays love flannel. Yeah, they, they clearly they do. do not know the gay dress code. <laughs> so, Tales of Candlenight's Past. Uh, I just want to hear a fun Candlenight Past story from, from each of you. Hmm. 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 I pretty much do the same thing every... Well, I, I mean... I was raised Catholic, so we celebrate Christmas. Well, yeah, but Candlelights is a pansexual, pan-religious, personal pan, pan pizza. I understand <laughs> holiday. I understand, but um, so I, you I Catholics are allowed to celebrate Candlelights. I know I, I will be ce- celebrating Candlelights like in the future, but I didn't know Candlelights existed until a few years well, ago. Well, you can so. just whisper and call it Christmas, but we all know it was Candlelight. Okay. I've got I've got a Candle Nights memory. A couple years ago, um when it was unseasonably warm um in in the, in the East Coast around Christmas time, um you know, me and me and me and Kirsten, we do our our Candle Nights ritual where we go to her folks and then we go to my folks and then we go to my folks and then we go back to her folks. It's a busy day. Um but lots of people were sick. They call it that Candle Nights flu, as as many do, not in a good way. Um, and it was such a nice day that we had such a big block of time in between our activities that we went and walked around a park in our t-shirts, and both of us with one earbud in listened to Hamilton. That oh, was the first time that me and Kirsten listened to Hamilton together, and it was a, it was a wonderfully warm, weird, but very nice Candle Nights. What a delightful candle night. Yeah, that's it that's was, real was cute. Really nice. yeah. yeah. What about you, Bebliest? Um, this was not uh, upon candle nights, but well, it was not upon Christmas. But I'm gonna say retroactively that it was upon candle nights that year. It was about four years ago. Um, I drove to my friend's house because a black cat had wandered in his front door and uh, decided he lived there, but my friend couldn't keep him. And so I took him, and his name was Axel, and he's <gasps> my son, and I love him so much. Oh, and now you know the rest of the story. Yeah, it was a Candlelight's miracle. I'm going to tell uh, a Candlelight's story, and this is my, my personal favorite Candlelight's uh, event that's ever happened, was um, I, uh, I was texting 
and Facebook messaging and getting my flirt on. And one cold, breezy December 11th? It was December the 5th. Shit. That's tomorrow. December the 5th. As of recording, that's tomorrow. December the 5th. This could have been about a different boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I then went on my first date with Evan, and it was a beautiful candlelight miracle. Oh, yeah. We went to an art museum, and there was a big rainbow there, and we took a selfie under it. Yeah, and it was gorgeous and Mm -hmm. beautiful and Mm -hmm. erotic. (laughs) Or... Maybe not. It was wholesome and family friendly because <laughs> it was candle nights. And there's no, no swearing allowed on candle nights. But yeah, Evan and I had our first date in December and it was cold and we both wore scarves and beanies and it was we looked like festive gays and it was very you're good. The, you're the cutest, most adorable Christmas gays. Is I that what we it. gave each other Christmas gifts too? Was that that first date? We did. Yeah, I made you that stocking that's yeah. hanging right there on the wall. Aww. Yeah, it was really adorable. We mm-hmm. we exchanged Christmas gifts on our first date. It was mm-hmm. real cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You too. You yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we have such wonderful memories. Oh, yeah. What a wholesome. What a wholesome bit. That's Andy. my favorite ah. past candle nights. We're going to retroactively decide that December the 5th was Candle Nights that year. Yeah. That would have been... That sounds like it probably was. It would have been 2005, or no, not 2005, God, 2015. No, 2015, that other, the one, the decade later. Um, Doesn't Hanukkah kind of change dates every year? Like, it's not always the same? Yes, because lunar calendar. Yeah, so like Candle Nights can change. No, well, ca- I mean, Candle Night starts whenever you feel it and then ends whenever you're sick of it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm never that, sick that's, of it. That's, that's, that's lore. That's canon. All right, let's talk about this very wholesome show. This very- let's talk let's about Let's rise it. up. That was a When you're living thing. in the streets, you rise up. Thanks, Ronnie. He's got a We're going to be making a lot of musical theater references with this show. Yes, yep. we are. And I can I just say, can I just say before we dive into this, into this, uh, introduction to the wonderful world of rise i'm so happy we're doing this show yeah like, i i don't know that that i'm gonna be able to be super uh unbiased about it and so like take take everything i say with a grain of salt about what is working what's not working um but just the fact that we can do a show that is so near and dear to me and also it's just it's a show that I would love if it had nothing to do with me and my history. Just a, a, a show with, with song and dance and a real sappy plot line. I just love it. And, uh, and I'm glad that we're doing this. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for, uh, thanks for humoring my little indulgence here. Hey, it was your pick. It is, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess Picks we have to do it no matter what. Yeah, yeah we have but. to do whatever you say. You're God That's now right. when it's time for your pick. So... So, so in light of that, Evan, go ahead and give your um, synopsis, but make sure you only, only say nice things, or else, so help me God, uh, I will be okay. so cross with you. Okay. I'm just kidding. Be honest. <laughs> well, to be honest, it's, it is a, a difficult uh, synopsis to give, because so much happened in the pilot. So, Lots of characters. So, Lots of characters. So many characters, so much drama, so much setup. So much backstory, so many uh, interpersonal connections, so many problems. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, so I'm going to just give you the very bare bones uh, version of it. That works. The premise is English teacher is the new head of the theater department. Uh, He wants to do this edgy uh, play about sex and pregnancy and abortion and suicide and stuff and uh it comes up against many obstacles there's drama happening between all of the the young people there's like one student's mom is sleeping with another student's dad and and like the football guy is secretly a sensitive guy and he's taking care of his mom and all kind of all kind of stuff going on that's that's all in the pilot to be clear this is all just like setting up like that could have been an entire season but that was just the pilot so like in episode two they're trying to get funding for this 
big, important, edgy play that they're doing, and then they're like, oh, the football team gets all this money. Like, why don't we get any money? And he, like, um, the the main character, like, wants to do, like, a big, expensive blowout production, and the former drama teacher is like, you're fucking nuts, because this is a high school production, and please stop this. The main character's son is like has a drinking problem and they come up against this frequently and he also feels like uh his artsy fartsy dad doesn't understand him because he just wants to do the sports there's uh this kid who does the the lighting and he's like in a foster home and he is not doing well he gets like kicked out of his foster home because his foster mom's a jerk and so he just comes to like live with them with them i cannot pronounce the main character's last name his first name is lou i'm just gonna call him lou for the sake of clarity you can go with lou it's mazakelly um there's like four mazoo there's like four z's in there there's a lot yeah yeah i'm just gonna call him ted (laughs) okay Uh, have you met lou (laughs) <laughs> then meanwhile, he, he has, uh, Lou has also convinced the, uh, the football player, the big hotshot football player to be the lead in the play. Um, but remember the, the big hotshot football player is secretly a sensitive football man who takes care of his mom and stuff. He has cast the, the, um, sort of prima donna dance and choral popular girl in like a minor role and given the, uh, the lead role to kind of an unpopular girl from like a troubled home who's got a like single mom and uh he's cast the uh the kid is supposedly roman catholic but like this uh this very fundamentalist religious kid from a very like buttoned up religious family as the gay character and there's all kinds of conflict about it in episode 3 this is the one where the uh, the religious kid's parents like threaten to like pull him out and put him in another school. This guy doing drama is too edgy for them. Lou and the uh, coach of the football team are constantly having this conflict because the football player is the lead in the play now and doesn't have time to do football things and play things. And then also um, Lou's son the one who has a drinking problem and wants to do sports, but his dad doesn't understand him is also on the football team. And so like, there's all kinds of like complex nonsense going on there. Lou like confronts the, the lighting kids foster mom about being a shitty person. The former drama teacher confronts Lou about being an asshole and like thinking that his vision is better than what their high school can do and stuff. The religious kid does not end up leaving. Like, the his mom has a change of heart and, like, decides that he can stay at the edgy school. Sorry, that was kind of all over the place. There are a lot of plot threads. <coughs> there are. There lo- certainly are. A lot of children with emotional trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you do. As you do. Um, so let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about how we feel about NBC's rise. Uh, Andy. That's me. That's you. Yes. Um, these three episodes of NBC's rise, all that we've watched so far, they working for you? Yes. Uh, the, the pacing is, uh, a bit off at times, and, uh, I have a couple other nitpicks, but overall, this is a good show. This show's good as shit. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These three episodes of NBC's Rise. Are they working for you? Uh, they aight. Uh, I'm gonna gonna say yeah. It's not really, like, my kind of a show, and I do Mm -hmm. have some, like, issues with it. Um, but yeah, it's certainly not a bad show. Uh, the production value is good. The storylines are good. Like, everything, everything makes sense. Uh, like I said, it's, it's, there's a lot going on, so it's a little bit rough to follow. But um, the the threads all do connect. It's not like it's just a mess of of terrible writing or anything like that. You just 
it's almost like the Game of Thrones of high school dramas. <laughs> you just got to be following like everybody's backstory and try to sure. figure out how everybody. Yeah, you got to give everyone a nickname too, because I like I just yeah. can't learn that many character names. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I I would say that it is indeed working. I'm excited to see uh, when the Dragon Princess shows up. That'll be cool. Yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. I think I know what the answer to this is going to be, but um, are these, I might surprise you. Are these three episodes of Rise working for you? They are surprise. Oh, what? <laughs> I'm not the show. I'm not surprised. Yeah, uh, I am certainly not blind to the faults uh, of some of these episodes, and we can certainly talk about them. I agree with you on the pacing. The pacing just kind of seems to fluctuate a little bit back and forth instead of you know gaining any forward momentum um they are trying to set up a lot of information so it's like you know it's tough to do that and and maybe i'm giving more of a a, more leniency to this show than i would others in that regard but for the most part yes it is certainly working for me yeah so uh, talk about the bad first or the good yeah let's knock out some of the bad things because i think that I think we we are on the same page about some of the things that are that are not quite working and 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 for me at least um, some of the things that really aren't working it's hard to really see them yet because we're spending so much time building up this this world this universe yet so yeah let's talk about things that are not working the floor is open my friends um so some of the things that I am inclined to complain about. Uh, like, I know this is, like, based on a true story, so I don't know if this is the sort of thing that they could even have changed. Is this... Sure. Like... Uh, at any point you can ask me, there is a lot that is different from um, the true story and from the book that was written about the true story. Mm. Oh, okay. shit, okay. So, um, I pretty consistently felt that uh, Lou was... Uh, kind of an asshole and kind of uh, having his midlife crisis at the expense of everyone else on the cast because he kind of at least at least as the show tells us he kind of on a whim decided that he just like I want to run the the drama program and his wife was real stressed out about it she's like because like his wife had two jobs and she was like I don't know how we're gonna like take care of three kids when I've got two jobs and you already have a full-time job and now you want to do this thing and he was like don't worry we'll make it work and like sure enough he screws up like quite a few times and like <laughs> he, he like forgets to get his daughter from school or whatever it and like that lady her job yeah uh, i was about to get to that right. but um yeah so first of all he's he's putting a lot on his wife for this kind of like whim that's not it's not earning them any extra money or anything he just like he just decided he wants to run the drama program. And also, he cost that other drama teacher her job because, like, she was the one who, like, asked to be head of the drama department first. And as far as we know, she loved doing it, and everyone seemed to love her. Like, a ton of people tried out when she was, like, directing Grease. So, like, she was already, like, in the middle of producing a show and he just showed up and was like i'm head of drama now bye and uh then she stuck around in spite of not getting paid to like basically be his assistant because she just like cared so much about it and that was like really shitty and then also um he seems to be uh like really manipulating these children's lives a lot in a way that i'm not totally comfortable with like uh that that football kid, like, he was clearly struggling in school because he had personal problems in his life that were going on, and then he had football to do, and, like, now this guy is like, oh, I want him to be in the play. I've decided he's going to be in the play, so, um, like, if you let him try out for the play, I'll, uh, like, let him change his grade, but he's got to dedicate all of his personal time to me. <laughs> so, and, like... I, I can't think of another example right now, but he was just like, he was just meddling in these children's lives a lot, like, and all to his own ends, basically. Casting the kid that he thought was gay as a gay character. Yeah, that was, that was like not, that's not okay. That's not an okay thing to do. Like, I, I mean, I don't think he, does he think that 
the kid is gay, um, Simon? Yeah. I, uh, I got that impression. There's a moment where um, McGonagall pulls Ted aside and says, like, look, like, we're going to talk about this once and then we're never going to talk about it again. But you know what you did to Simon and you're the reason why he's not allowed here anymore. Saying, like, you you cast him in that role on purpose and you knew it would upset. Like, you knew that it would bring stuff out with his family. And that's why his family's taking him away. I don't also I didn't read it that way. He, um, I definitely read that like it was it was his fault that Simon is gone <laughs> because he wanted to to go too far and go too fast with the drama program. I didn't read that he did that intentionally because Simon was gay or that he he thought that Simon was gay. Even if he doesn't think that Simon is gay, he still deliberately cast him in that role like. To be provocative, basically, because like Simon even came to him and confronted him and was like, hey, uh, my parents are really conservative and they're not going to be chill with this and it's going to be a big freak out. So like, I don't want to do this. And he was like, no, this is like, this is the right role for you. And like, I just did not think that was cool. Like that, that was another instance of like very much meddling in a kid's life in a way that I didn't think he had any business doing. Um, did you see the Power Rangers movie, the new one? No, missed it. So it was it was pretty good. Like overall, it was a pretty solid movie. Um, my big complaint was I don't remember how many Power Rangers there are. Five? Is that five. too many? Mm. Okay, five. There's five. There's five Power Rangers, and in the Power Rangers movie, uh, two of them had really like kind of kind of dumb problems. Mm-hmm. And three of them had really serious, really emotional problems. And how the movie framed it was that all of their, like, life issues were equal. And in fact, it gave priority to the two people who had kind of boring, like, just regular problems and kind of glossed over the really heavy stuff. And I kind of feel like Rise is doing that a little bit in that some of these kids fucking intense and, like, heavy and... Some of, like, the other problems, like, focused on and shown are just not as big a deal, maybe. And I feel like the show gives equal measure to all of them. And, in fact, kind of glosses over some of the some of the heavier ones that I would rather see them explore. Like, there's a trans character, and he's gotten, like, all of two lines. And I easily think that he's one of the better actors on the show with just that one scene where he gets to go in the proper changing room like the look of like trying to play it cool trying to play it cool trying to play it cool oh god like this is so validating and like the smile i like i was really touched by that scene and that's like all we've seen from him um, I wasn't going to complain about the trans character, actually, because I thought it was good. I just want more from him. Like, I want I want more about, like, this kid who's fucking homeless and, like, living in the light booth. Like, I, I think that's a really heavy issue. And, like, we're, like, seeing some other characters a lot more, and I don't find their, their issues as interesting or as um maybe like big mm-hmm. like the one girl's mom sleeping with the football coach who's the other girl's dad or whatever like that's very dramatic but yeah. like okay your mom has a boyfriend that you don't like is not as big to me or like they haven't really explored why like ted mosby's kid is drinking but like teen drinking is you know that's been done before. I've seen shows about that before. Like, I'd rather, you know, see a show about, like, you know, this this homeless kid living in the light booth. Like, that, that that's really stressful. Riverdale did that, too. Like, fucking Jughead was, like, homeless for a season. Archie's like, who do I go out with? Betty or Veronica? And it's like, yo, Riverdale, these are not the same issues. Like, Jughead's fucking homeless right now. That's a much bigger issue. Yeah. Um, what I would say, say to that is that right now I think they're laying a lot of groundwork 
and they're trying to introduce us to all the which it's it's a lot of characters and and it's and, so many characters and, and, it's a full cast yes it is i mean it's, it literally it is a full cast of a musical um and we haven't even met them all yet and so yeah i think that right now they're they're paying some attention to the people who are you know have they've decided on the main characters and you know hopefully that gets spread out a little bit more throughout the rest of the series um this is uh, yeah. I know they've got a lot of characters to introduce, but like, maybe maybe don't. I think they I I think they have uh, I think there are too many threads going on. I think uh, and I don't think it, they're like deliberately minimizing one thing to spotlight another thing. It's just a a sort of consequence of having like twenty some characters that they've got to introduce to us. Like I said, the the first episode could have been an entire season. There was enough meat there that they could have stretched that out. It felt for like 10 a season. Episodes. It, yeah, it felt like they introduced a ton of issues and then wrapped a ton of them up. Like it felt like it could felt like each of those threads was uh, was a season worth of growth. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with the pacing too, where a yeah. lot of these mm-hmm. these like the 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 two things that stick out mostly for me as far as pacing is the dynamic between uh, yeah Lilette. Um, this, the dynamic between her and her mom where like they get really, really mad at each other and then everything's fine. And then they get really, really mad at each other, kind of about the same thing. And then everything's fine. And the same way that Lou and his assistant Tracy, like they get really, really mad. Lou says something dumb and then she's really mad at him and then it's all good. And then, but pretty much the same thing happens. And it's, it's just like, it feels like if that happened like twice over the course of a season, it would feel you know, a little bit more organic. But it's the same thing with Mosby and his kid. Yeah. Like, and also by episode three, I feel like his alcoholism is wrapped up. And if that's the last we see of it, which it kind of feels like it was, then I'm going to be like, why did we waste all that screen time? on?" Mm-hmm. But his Ted Mosby's son has a, a drinking problem and he denies it and he denies it. And his parents, you know, accuse him of it and he denies it and he denies it. And then they find, uh, like, a liquor bottle in his locker, which is, like, real real bad move, dude. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> they're going to send him to rehab. And I was like, all right, like, that's a good move. Like, that's a tough, tough decision. But, like, you know, hopefully we'll deal with it. And the football coach is like, I'm – he's on my football team. We're just going to play football real hard. And, like, has him, like, clean some pads, I guess, and, like – Move some those big football pads. What are they? <laughs> are they pads? Shoulder pads. Yeah. L- like they, they, no, they the, look the, like the jungle gym, like oh, the obstacle the, course, the training shit. gear. Yeah, they're yeah. like yeah, like uh, tackling dummies. Big poofy, yeah, yeah. dump. Like as I move some of those around, and he's like, yeah, like football man is really making me football real hard. Stop being an alcoholic, <laughs> and then he like goes home and he plays football with his family instead of like being grumpy and angsty and it's like wait did that cure him well i i i yeah it's it's definitely misguided so, so it it feels like it wrapped up the alcohol problem like like storyline the mm-hmm. plot and so it's like why did we waste screen time on this in the first three episodes when we've wrapped it up by episode three yeah. and there's again all of these plot lines going yep there's there's so like some of them i feel like could be cut yeah there's a lot going on and yeah, a lot of it is stuff that like I, I won't go too deep into it. It's a lot of it's stuff that like isn't in the book and isn't real, isn't like based on a true story. Um, they so, haven't even introduced the Tyrells or the Martells yet. <laughs> That's two more houses. Lots, lots to do. Lots of, of of theater battles and wars and killing to do. I'm sorry. I feel like I interrupted you there, though. No, no. I, I just said based on true story. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some things that are just like, you know, not, none of this is is completely, you know, pulled from the headline kind of thing. Um, the school did do Spring Awakening, um, but there's, you know, all of the characters, even the students, are based on kind of an amalgamation of different students in the books, different students that I, I was friends with. Um, no one is kind of like. Yep, this is exactly this person. Yeah, you kind of have to avoid that when you're dealing yeah. with kids. Sure, sure. Also, uh, it's, but also it's not it's like, like it was that long ago either, so it's not right. like... And, yeah. 
And also you want to get like everyone is has like that extra layer of drama sure. so that, you know, if, if you wouldn't focus on some characters at all. If if it was some of the people that were actually in the show because they led fairly normal lives outside of being in theater. But yeah, yeah I agree. There's just, there is a lot to follow, a lot to keep up with. Um, I think that'll start to become easier as some of these plot lines start to, to fold on to each other. But we we shall see about that. Yeah, it's just that that exactly what you said. I think that this this first episode could have been stretched into a lot longer of a season. When I first when I first saw this as it came out on TV, I was like, oh. Like, what are they gonna do next? Because like, that's a lot. That's a lot. like just, just like telling administration that you want to do Spring Awakening, like that. That's a lot of buildup. That's a lot to get to, and and it kind of all happens very quickly. Which like, it's with any television show, any pilot. They've got to really establish a world and establish rules very quickly. Um, but yeah, they they try and establish a lot of things here. That's for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I have any... Oh, I guess some of the, like... One, it, it's good that they're using kid actors. I feel like these kids are actually kids, mm-hmm. right? They are. They are, yep. I, like, I feel like that's a good thing. I, I will say that some are stronger than others, and mm-hmm. it's not always noticeable, but, but when one of the, like, really good ones is in a scene with one of the, like, okay ones, it's a little more noticeable. And I'm not going to, like, name names here. That Like, I feel like that would be kind of shitty of me. But uh, I, I, I just, you know, when you use real young actors, they, they're not always, you know, gonna, gonna shine. P- plus side is they don't all look like adults, uh, like, like in Riverdale. Yeah, or, they, they um, don't yeah. look 35. Or fucking Smallville. <laughs> Tom Welling was 34 and playing a high school freshman. Jesus. Yeah. Those kind of things certainly stick out. Um yeah, I won't. I won't name names either. But there, you know, there, there's, there's a fair amount of, of clearly just. I think it might come down to just time on the set of just you know maybe this actor and this actor who were in a scene together didn't have a whole lot of time to you know get to know each other a little bit and before they had to be thrown together yeah. and so the chemistry is not great. Um, and that's something that I'm that. expecting will uh, also like go down as the season progresses. Sure. Sure. This is a tiny nitpick, but to show that um, Simon is like a theater nerd, but also a very devout Christian, uh, he sings Gethsemane, Gethsemane, Gethsemane uh, from Jesus Christ Superstar, and he has uh, an Andrew Lloyd Webber Jesus Christ Superstar poster in his room, and like devout Christians do not like Jesus Christ Superstar. They very much do not. Yeah, my like this isn't really a negative. It's just something I thought was hilarious. Um, they have his parents behaving like evangelical parents, but they have them be Roman Catholic just so that like the audience recognizes what a priest is. Like it, <laughs> it, it's so it's so hilarious because like having been raised Catholic, I'm like, oh no, Catholics would never do that. That's exclusively an evangelical. Yeah, like they're Catholics, very Catholics would absolutely never like cause a scene at the school and like call a meeting and like call teachers because they don't like the play. They would just mutter to each other and side eye about it and like just just titter that like oh everything you know these modern modern teachers the world's going to shit oh tisk tisk and then they like wouldn't let their kid be in the play maybe but they would like they would never cause a scene yeah evangelicals want to make sure that everyone is looking at them and paying attention to them all the time catholics look at how mad they are they must be righteous catholics do not want anyone to look at them ever catholics want to sit with other catholics and murmur to each other about how shitty other Catholics are. <laughs> yeah, so I think some of the religious shorthand yeah. was uh, was off. That's that's it. Um, also, and, the dad's and, always in a, like a sweater and a tie. <laughs> the, yeah, he dresses like a Mormon. Yeah. He dresses like a Mormon, he acts like an evangelical, and he's painted as a Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you'd probably have to be like really in the know to pick up on how like all their shorthand is off. But, um, 
Yeah, they should have just hired me to do that for them. I would have helped them with their shorthand. Yeah, I wouldn't even count that as a nitpick. That was just like a, a funny observation that we made while we were watching it. We were like, ah, oh, religious discourse. So, Like Gethsemane, is, the song is about how Jesus doesn't want to get crucified. And it's like he doesn't know why God is making him do it. And like if you were to say that to an evangelical that Jesus didn't know why he was dying on the cross, they'd be pissed. So... Uh, yeah. Anyway, great song, though. Great musical. Mm -hmm. I love Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, for sure. Let's go ahead. Do it. (laughs) Um, let's go ahead and move on to some positives, because I'm getting sad now. Oh, Oh, no. No, not really. But I do want to say nice things about this show. Yeah, I really like this show. It's good, right? There's a lot of good shit. I wouldn't say I really like it, but... Like it ain't bad. Like it's certainly not a bad show. I know I was. I know I was being hard on it. That's how I do. It's not deliberate. I'm just a miserable person. But. <laughs> Ted Ted Mosby does a really good job. I should probably learn the actor's name. His name the, is uh, Josh Radner. Josh Radner's doing a great job. Um, like as far as uh, some of like. His his dialogue, I think, maybe making him look a little bit like a dick, like when he talks to Tracy. That's correct, M- McGonagall. Um, I I think Radner like does a really good job of making the character sympathetic, and like you can see that even after like he says a line that comes across as really mean, like the like Radner gives a look of like, oh god, I didn't mean to say that. And I think that's uh, been saving the character for me a lot. Is that Radner's been doing a really good job with the portrayal? Mm-hmm. I still didn't. I still didn't like him. I mean, that's <laughs> um, fair. Like, uh, I do think the writing is really solid because it is incredibly difficult to have that much going on and still make it make sense mm-hmm. and like narratively come together and everything. Yeah. And like to their credit, they they definitely are doing that. They have managed to write and film and edit this in such a way that in spite of the fact that they're introducing 20 characters and I cannot for the life of me remember any of their names, I still know like, oh yeah, that's the guy who has this issue and that's the, that this ties into that. That's the girl who's got the mom who's the, you know, like everything sort of coalesced in such a way that you, you don't have to like be doing like the math brain meme to, to figure out who's who and what's what like it's all it's all flowing together relatively well in spite of those uh those issues you guys mentioned and i think that had a lot to do with cutting i'm sure they had to do they had to do a lot of cutting and editing and rehashing things to make them make sense and i think that's why you see the relationships develop in kind of kind of a weird way like they're yelling one minute and their best friends the next Probably because that scene was meant to be 20 minutes later in the thing, but they had to move it to make something else make sense. Mm-hmm. So, With episode one and two, I thought like the principal and uh, football coach were going to be like the bad guys. And by episode three, they were helping Lou with like his son and like Lou and the coach were like, maybe maybe they didn't like each other, but like. You could tell that like they were they were helping each other out and stuff, and that was refreshing. Like they they pulled one over on me. I thought it was going to be a bit more um, tried, adversarial. Yeah, or yeah. you know, just like oh okay, like they're the bad guy. Like sports are bad, theater good. Yeah. But um, th- like I think them showing how like you know sports can also like be a release for for people and. They can find camaraderie there, and you know that that was that was a nice message in like a theater show. Um, even if I think athletes uh, are treated totally unfairly in high school and especially college, um, you know that was that was good shit. That was good writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I like most about it is that it just it feels real. 
in, in a show where it could feel very like you could you it, it's a show about theater there could be a lot of characters and caricatures even like you could you could paint the football coach and the principal as just being like we're just gonna be awful to you no matter what ha 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 and it doesn't do that it like like in a school a principal would say okay let me figure out how I can help this student. I don't care about this pre-existing relationship yeah. with this teacher. It would just well, happen, and that and I feel like ideally, yeah. It, well, yes, yeah. exactly, yeah. And I think that that you know this show bears that out, where it, it it tries to stay as true to life as it possibly can um, within this grand world of, of musical theater. What we've uh, seen of uh, Simon and the Trans character, I really like. Um, I like. I want more obviously like we haven't gotten much yet but yeah i think the trans character is handled uh pretty well uh i do wish there were more trans characters in stuff that's not like about a trans narrative like while they're transitioning and like that's a whole deal but uh in this case uh he is in in high school you know like he's young and he's still figuring himself out and he's going through a lot of stuff. And, um, it's in the background without being like glossed over. I feel like I know that Andy like wanted more out of that, that character and wanted more story focus on that character. But like, honestly, I kind of appreciate that they're not making a huge deal out of it. Yeah. I don't, I don't want like a trans episode or something like that, Mm -hmm. but just to see more of who, this character is because we just we don't know about like their personality or their likes or dislikes like i don't know their name and they're a gay character on a show that i'm watching like there just hasn't been much about about him yeah other than that like he was in choir and the the lighting kid like told ted mosby to recruit him um but yeah, they uh, they have not fallen into a lot of the deeply awkward, deeply uncomfortable pitfalls about like trends, narratives that get like sort of shoved into uh, shows like this a lot yeah. for like yeah. like oh we gotta have that representation oh we gotta slap some sad trans stuff in there yeah. you know and it's I, not sad trans stuff it's just like awkward kind of like uh coming, coming of, of age, age. Yeah. yeah not yeah. sure how to handle this situation stuff but not there's nothing like tragic and or i i yeah. really loved how the like guys interacted with him coming into the dressing room like hey i'm gonna change here now is that cool and like the the cool football boy is like yeah sure like like and that's all it was like it wasn't a big deal yeah th- i think we so so I have I have not watched this whole series so there there will come a point where I am I am caught up with y'all um, but I do know that coming up there is more of a focus on Michael's character um, and I'm interested when we get there to see how how that feels to y'all how that feels to, how that comes across but we will get there eventually um, the coolest part to me about uh, Michael's character is I remember when they were casting this show because, you know, everyone... I was working at Truman at the time and, and everyone was just abuzz with everything. You know, notice came across that they were looking to specifically cast a transgender actor or actress for the role. Um, Ellie DeSaltis, who plays Michael, is trans non-binary. Um, and, and that's not... Like, there, there's not, like, a trans character in Drama High. There wasn't to my knowledge, a trans, you know, um, actor, actress in the program. Um, that's something that they included in there. Um, and then specifically went that extra step of saying, we want to make sure that this character is portrayed by someone who understands. So I was, that was exciting to me at the time and, and, you know, continues to be as I watch the show because you don't often get that. No, Mm -hmm. that's super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I love spring awakening. So I just love all the music. I don't know anything about Spring Awakening. Oh, yeah, I had never... Well, I had heard of it. I didn't know anything about it before, like, this show, so... It's good. Y'all should listen to some of the, it, it, it was. I was it, so excited that they were going to do Pirates of Panzance, because I love that <laughs> musical. <laughs> I fucking love Pirates. I, I thought it was sort of hilarious how they were, like... Because uh, the production they were going to do was Grease, 
and the principal Reese was also like, "Real sexy." I was the principal was like, "Teen sex, teen pregnancy." Ah! Like all that all that shit is in Greece. I thought right. for a moment that there was an abortion in Greece. I don't think there is an abortion. I think the girl just thinks she's pregnant and then isn't. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, so there was not okay. There was not an abortion, but there certainly was lots of teen sex. But there's and fun, like, jazzy dance numbers, and so you forget about all the teen sex and 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 stuff like that. <laughs> we come together like should I can't stand Greece. I hate Greece so much. Oh wow! Okay, I am not a fan of Greece. I don't. I don't have any strong feelings about. I Greece. like Greece. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, so Spring Awakening is exactly as as uh, as Lou Mazzucchelli puts it. Is it's a it's a book that was written in in nineteenth century Germany about repressed teenagers that was uncovered and they turned it into a musical in like two thousand seven, I think. 2008 um i thought that it must be a modern adaptation because yes. like the language is certainly very modern yes so yeah like, oh yeah yeah it's, has mm-hmm. tin pan covered it yet not yet not yet oh. i'm excited for them to do that it's um, blue to get on it yeah yeah i've gotta i've gotta like go to tin pan diddly do for my to brush up on my musical theater knowledge so that ronnie will stop judging me <laughs> it's real uncomfortable i don't judge I, you i just love a- teaching you and talking about it nonstop. We're we're on a video call and Ronnie's like look at me with those those judgy judgy musical theater eyes making a making a big big smiley face but I can see it I can see it in your gaze. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Spring Awakening is real good. And the cool thing about this is that as they were releasing every episode, every track, every like song that the cast were singing, they would release it alongside the episode. So there is a compendium album of all these spring awakening hits sung and performed by the cast of rise um oh, that's cool so so it was kind of those things where you could download it like at like the week after the show premiered like it was just it was really cool and and a really fun way to interact with the show the show also had like we'll we'll get to it later of like there's characters that we don't really see much about right now those characters were on a like a, a a short web series called The Understudies, where like they all got together and just talked about what was going on with the rest of the cast. And I, like it, it's kind of cheap because you want to see those stories, you want to hear about those. But if it means that it doesn't take away more time from the important stories that are happening, I love that that we get like little I love quippy. that they called it The Understudies too. Yeah, That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, it, it's just like it, it was it was really really charming because it was. As much as like it's so dripping and dramatic on the screen, the web series felt like, oh, that that's more like what it felt like to be in theater of just like little petty like, oh, can you believe this person's doing this role or something like that? It's just really it was it was fun. And I and I enjoyed I enjoyed just you could tell that a lot of people who love theater and were very involved with with high school drama were involved with this show. Yeah. Um, because so much of it just stands out. So much is like, oh, that is exactly how that would have happened the the scene where like uh mcgonagall is in the the prop room i'm just gonna keep calling her mcgonagall because she's like the most um whatchamacallit like the most put together character on the show sure did she she, she's the most chell in road to el dorado i think that's where i've heard her voice before I, i it was bugging me all day yesterday and like 10 minutes ago it just like popped into my head i was like oh my god it's chell i'm pretty sure that's her uh yes, yes. <laughs> well done sorry, sorry. anyway the scene ahead. where she's in the prop room and she's like calling out ted mosby on his shit and is like this kid in this production used this prop and here's where i got it from and i know everything about this theater program and you're coming in here and you're kind of being a bit of a dick was a very good scene and and like she she really knows how to throw her weight into into each uh scene she has i think she's always stealing the show she's a very good character yeah yeah certainly and base and and i will say the 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 true to life person that that uh that character is based on uh also named tracy um same kind of thing just just knows exactly how to 
work the system, work uh, around the the administration and, and how to uh, get exactly what she maybe not always wants, but exactly what she needs and what the program needs. She is the current director for that program and is doing a tremendous job. That's right. Um, another little thing is when they burn all of the pirate gear, which broke my heart very deeply. Evan and I both like looked at each other and were like, oh, well, like they'd get arrested. Like that school is they going to burned a bunch of shit in a in the school parking lot, just right, right. on the asphalt. Like that, that school like, is going to throw them all out. And the literally the next episode opens with Ted Mosby in the principal's office getting his ass reamed out for it. And uh, that that made me very happy that they addressed it in uh, in, in a good way. Mm-hmm. That's such an underreaction, though. Like, the police would have been called. Like, come on now. Let's be real. It shows <laughs> the power of football at the school, though. Schools? If the quarterback's well, doing it, then, oh, it's got to be okay. That's what I said. But one, schools do have like bonfires and shit, and I could Not see on the asphalt in the parking lot. I could the see McGonagall shit. having called the fire department ahead of time and been like, "Oh, we're just having a bonfire." There, there were cars very nearby, like right there. Yeah, Luke poor, does pull up like directly. Poor, dire- poor, like, hood, poor hood Evans, like fire marshal, anxious heart is still going. But uh, I was happy that they addressed it in the next episode right away. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's 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 you know. It's real. It's it's exactly yeah. It's it's it's. it's, it's I agree with Evan. So much more would have happened. Um, I, I maybe not if so. So the real Lou by this point in uh, his career had been the director of the drama program for something like forty five years. I don't think Lou in his like first two weeks on the job had enough clout to be like leave these kids be. Like, I, I got this. But Lou, for my senior year, got me out of a lot of jams because he just told the principal, look, he's a good kid. Let him be. So <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it, I think that, you know, there's a good foundation here. There's a lot. If not good, there's a lot of foundation here. It's very, it's very grounded. Like, we keep saying that it feels real. And it... it, it it's not a high school drama that's glammed up for TV. It's not sure. 90210. It's not Boy Meets World. It's not Riverdale. It's not right. Smallville. Or, it's to, a, or to draw the other parallel that is easy to draw here, it's not High School Musical. Yeah. Yeah. You know. There's 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 no Zephron like, snapping uh, and then anguishly like, dribbling a basketball. Uh, these These kids feel like kids I went to high school with um mm-hmm. these teachers feel like teachers I had in high school um and it's it's kind of cool to to see a, a drama like that yeah for sure for sure it's definitely different it's definitely not like a show I've seen before also how did this show only get one season um I guess we'll figure that out I I, yeah. I don't know this is <laughs> fucking wild this is something I I I we talked about this months ago. I w- this show was on when we were doing Kings. Um, yeah. And so that must have been in like February, March. And I was like, oh, I so much want to talk about this show with somebody. Too bad it's totally going to get another season and we'll never be able to. And I was just like crushed. Like I, part of me wanted to do it right away to talk about it. But I honestly needed a little bit of time to recover because I was so upset that the show got canceled. It didn't. Didn't seem to make any sense, but I guess as we watch more, we will maybe uncover some some glaring issues that that might uh might point us in that direction. We'll see. We'll or see. the world was just oversaturated with like high school shows. Who knows? Yeah, it's possible. Riverdale won out. Riverdale is very good. Riverdale's good. I'm not. It's gonna my say, particular I, brand of trash. I'm not gonna <laughs> put Rise and Riverdale against each other. They are both good. So that's uh, that's the first three episodes of Rise. Um, we're going to be covering episodes four, five, and six next week. Um, maybe get into a little bit deeper into some of these character storylines. Maybe shy away from some other ones. Um, and, and just maybe it'll get less confusing. Maybe we'll learn some names. I mean, I know all the names, but that's just because I'm a well, big yeah. old well, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> that's big very on brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we are going to hopefully uh, try to 
get some buzz going about this. Uh, from uh, there are a lot of folks uh, that still are hoping for a season two from Hulu or Netflix or something like that. And hopefully, we can get them on board and we can, you know, raise up that rally cry just like we tried to do for the quest back in the day. So. If you're, if you're listening back in the day, which is to say like a couple months, ago. a couple months ago, it was so many seasons ago. Um, so if you, if you, uh, if you love this show, if you, if you kind of like this show, if you think the show should get a second season, let us know, uh, send us an email, uh, pending at gmail.com. And we'll, we'll mention some of your comments on the show for sure. Also, I just want to give a shout out to, uh, Nate as the only listener who sent us pictures of Spider-Man. When yeah. I asked for that. Yeah, I they were good to, pictures. They too. were very good pictures of Spider-Man, <laughs> and none of, there were some scandalous pictures of Spider-Man. No one else sent us uh, Peter Parker smut, so uh, send us your uh, pictures of Spider-Man still at pendingpot at gmail dot com or over on uh, on Twitter. Tweet them at us. Yeah, yeah. I want to see more pictures of Spider-Man. Tweet now, me pictures of Spider-Man. Now that Tumblr's doing all their stuff, where they're going to be banning all kinds of pornography, we're going to need Nate to just be like our spot peddler. As far yeah. as, uh, as we're gonna have to go to the underground for pictures of Spider-Man for some, in compromising positions for some <laughs> bespoke uh, Peter Parker smut. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so thank you so much to all of our listeners. Thank you so much to Lunar Light Studio, our I love Lunar Light, our lovely podcast parents. Um, great. We're a part our of moms. We're we're a part of Lunar Light studio network of podcasts that's a network that includes such shows as snub dub i was listening to some snub dub today it's a comedy podcast where they kind of just riff on an initial idea and see how far they can go and and i it is my kind of comedy it's that joke pulp that pulp that have just like i i took that swig of joke orange juice Ooh, but you know what I'm gonna suck every last flavor bit out You're of this. Making this very orange. uncomfortable. I don't That's like I this. Mm. I don't like it. Mm. We want people to listen uh, to them. Mm. Yeah, this is ASMR. <laughs> I don't think you guys know what ASMR is. <laughs> I don't think you know what it is. I think oh. I know what ASMR is. Oh. <laughs> uh, can I? Let's talk about Cryptid Keeper. Yeah, yes. isn't it great? It's good. It's very I, good. I have been I've been marathoning Cryptid Keeper. I knew you would. I and knew you let would. Let me love tell you. Mm, I love those. Those, those cryptid boys. I love those those unseeable boys. <laughs> <laughs> the hungry glass, hungry grass, did make me very uncomfortable. Yeah, that the was cur- a good one. there was a generalized carnivorous plants episode, and not like the ones that exist, but bigger, scarier ones, cryptid plants. I particularly liked that one. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it's an unconventional cryptid, but they they did me a little spook, and they also did me a big intrigue. And uh, advertising, advertising is fucking hilarious. It is very silly and very very good, and you should listen to it. There's only one episode, so it's a great time to jump on. It is a great time to jump on. I listened to that one as well. That's why I started. I was like, ah, this is so low commitment. There's only one episode, (laughs) and it was very funny. And if you don't listen to it, the Krampus will come and put you in a sack and beat you with sticks. There's a Krampus episode of Cryptid Keeper. I, I should listen to, to that yeah. as soon as possible. But yeah, if you don't listen to advertising, the Krampus will come and snatch you up. I like how you refer to him as the Krampus. Yes, the Krampus Snatch. There are many Krampus. There is only one, the Krampus. Yes, and if you, again, final warning, I'm saying it for the third time now, so you know it's true. If you don't listen to advertising, the Krampus will put you in his sack snatch you up and beat you with sticks if you say krampus three times like that he appears like beetlejuice that's not that's a common misconception about the Krampus. no it's uh, true we have in fact summoned him and uh we're going oh, to send him what, to wait, all wait he's writing something down because he doesn't speak english he only speaks german what's that oh oh he's, why he's, would he be able to write in english he's he writing speak? in german but i can only read german i can't <laughs> hear it though he's okay. writing it in blood though he's writing in blood and it says, listen to advertising, you motherfuckers, or I will snatch it you up in the thick of the night and beat you with thistles. Hmm. He wrote um, that down. Well, we already have a pa- pact with Krampus, as uh, any of you who received our Christmas card last year true. Uh, know already. Uh, he will come to your house and get you if you don't leave us reviews. That's yeah. the deal. That is true too. Yeah. Krampus does want reviews. Yeah. yeah, Krampus, Krampus consumes them. Um, he he thrives on 
Don't. He thrives like Andy. He thrives on attention. So, but this is very important. Do not review the Krampus. No, don't yeah. review the Krampus. Because review, review us on iTunes. Review because, us, and via our pact with the Krampus, he right. too will gain sustenance from if, the approval that you have gifted us. If you're honest, if you're too honest about how you feel about the Krampus in a review, the Krampus is very sensitive. He's going to take that personally. If you are too flowery about it, he's he's going to think that, that you're just being flowery, and, and then he'll be mad about that. There's no good way to review the Krampus. Just give the reviews to us, and that will satisfy the Krampus's dark, dark hunger. Yeah, this is why we went to all the trouble of making a pact with him, so you don't have to. We've got this handled. Yes. We will cushion... The, the Wrath of the Krampus. Yeah. Speaking of Krampus and reviews, uh, Dragon Age will be coming as soon as the three Woo-hoo! of us can all get fucking drunk. Oh, I can't wait. And uh, I think that's everything, right? I think that's everything. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at PenningPod, on Facebook, at PenningPod, and... We're never doing Firefly.